abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself. And for years, I fell short of my goals and aspirations. Until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief, and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for. Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. Question, are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready for something so awesome to happen in your life and you don't want to have to wait for it, work hard for it, you want it to happen well, like a miracle happens out of the blue, incredible, amazing. It's just there for you. If so, then today's conversation is for you. Welcome to the Thinking Vitamins podcast, the podcast to boost your abundance. I am your host, Jill McCabe. And before we dive into today's conversation, please take a moment. If you are new to the podcast, please take a moment to go ahead and subscribe to the channel and or rate the show on the platform on which you are listening to help us help get these abundance boosting ideas out to the world in a bigger way. Today, I am very excited to be interviewing Karen Laurie, and we are going to be talking about the miracle that happens when your subconscious is aligned when your subconscious is aligned to what you want. And I wanted to cover this topic with her because I help entrepreneurs start their businesses, market their businesses, figure out what they want to do and how to get their messaging right. And one thing I hear happen again and again that holds people back from really having their results is like we're working on all these things for their new business and their subconscious beliefs often get in the way of building those businesses quickly. And so a big part of my work is helping people reframe their subconscious beliefs to align with it, what they want. And then we see these wonderful businesses emerge. Now, Karen Laurie is someone I met who does very similar work to me in that she helps her clients, not necessarily business clients, but just helps her clients figure out similar things, how to reshape their mind and their thinking so that miracles will happen. And that, in fact, is very close to the entire mission of the Thinking Vitamins podcast, which is all about thinking what we think we become. And I think Karen is one of the best teachers out there on this topic. She's one of my personal favorites. And so I wanted to share her with you today. 
So let's go ahead and introduce her and then we will get her to come on in and share some beautiful stories and insights with you so that you can make those miracles happen as miracles do out of the blue and as soon as possible. Karen. Karen Laurie is passionate about helping people get rid of pain so they can live life in a way they want it. Karen studied mind-body science at the University of California and then became an actress. Acting, it turns out, was the perfect petri dish for Karen to put that mind-body science into action. After having done over a thousand hours of television and film, including a longtime role as One Life to Live's beloved Tina Lord, Karen discovered just how much power we have over our own physiology and lives and put that knowledge into use, helping thousands of people transform pain into pleasure. Karen is also the international best-selling author of three books, Chronic Pleasure, Effortless Enchantment, and Chronic Pleasure in Relationships. Karen's work has been endorsed by Deepak Chopra, Bruce Lipton, Gay Hendricks, and many more. Bruce Lipton says, Karen Laurie is an antidote to the pain of today's world of personal and global chaos. Wow. Without further ado, I am just thrilled to invite Karen Laurie to the Thinking Vitamins podcast. <laughs> I love it. I think listeners, you already know that you're in for a good time when we start with audience applause. Karen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jill, for asking me. Appreciate being here. I feel honored to be here. Thank you all the people who are tuning in. Appreciate you too. I can hardly wait to share you with uh, my audience and my listeners. Before we dive into the, the, the magic and the miracle that happens when your subconscious is aligned with what you want, I want to just share a little bit about how we met and my experience of you when we met, because it was pretty magical. Uh, you and I have a lot in common. We are both people who have healed our hearts. We are both people who have found peace and joy in our daily living. And we are both people who didn't always have that. And over my life, I have met a lot of people who know a lot of knowledge about, you know, how to heal the heart and who have a lot of ability to recite different things about, you know, how things work. And one of the things that was, you know, very different about me is that I've always applied it and I've made it work in my life. And when I met you, you were sitting, we were both doing our books together and you were sitting behind me and I could feel the love in the room. And it was like, wow. And every time you spoke, it was like sunshine filled the room. There is, there was this deep, truthful love and joy emanating from your presence. And frankly, it, it was like this, it was love. It's like what it feels like to be in the presence of love. And I want to tell you how much I admire you because I know 
that to get to that level of self being is um, pretty special. So I'm truly honored to, to be sharing this time with you right now. Wow. Thank you so much. That really touches my heart and I appreciate you so much. And I remember you looking at me funny. I think you turned around at one point and you looked at me funny and I was just like <laughs> in that state because that's my perpetual state now. I call it chronic pleasure, but it's, it's that state of love all the time and it feels visceral and palpable and obvious to me because uh, I have, I have trained my subconscious to love, um, to love as well. So it's happening no matter the hour of the day or where I am or who I'm with. And it's just the biggest freedom that anybody could ever have, I think. And it's a great, it's a great. And so some of the things that, you know, I really wanted you to share with the listeners, some of the things that I've been able to witness in you. Yeah. I think I, I probably was looking at you funny because I am very, very energetically connected. And so I'm just, energetically, I'm a, a projector for those of you who like the uh, human design um, ideas, but I, that's not how I think of myself. I just think of myself as very energetically attuned. And I did look at you funny because I'm like, that's not a read. I've gotten on someone before. <laughs> I have not gotten that read. And then I remember I remember thinking, I'm just going to say it. I remember thinking at one time, like, come on, is she for real? And then I read your book and I like one of your books. And I was like, oh my God, she's beyond for real. She is, she knows what she is doing. And so I have seen you. I mean, have you, you've met Obama, have you not? Yes. Danced with? I didn't dance with him. We just had a moment. You had a moment. Okay. So I just remember I've seen you. We've been a part of the same group and I've seen the joy emanating. I've seen the posts you write in social media. They're all from a place of joy. And then I've seen your just your simple gorgeousness. And one of the possible topics today was like maybe age. I was talking to you about that. And you said, well, let's talk about the miracle that happens when the subconscious is aligned. So I just think I want listeners to know that she could have talked about so much, but we're going to talk about this today. Karen, what, what makes this an important topic for you? The, the experience of having your subconscious being in alignment with what you want, being in alignment with your spirit, it makes life super easy. It makes you empowered. It gives you this sense that you're always moving in the right direction, that you're always going in the right way at the right time. It's kind of like, you know, if you have, um, you know, there are some cars that self-drive, right? And let's say you've programmed in a location when you weren't really paying attention that you didn't want, and the car is taking you there, but you're trying to go over there, you know, to the other side, and you can't get there because the car has been programmed. And now let's say you've lost the ability to, to know how to reprogram it to the right direction. That's what a lot of people are doing. They've programmed their vehicle of, of life to, pro, to go, and, and it's not really them that's programmed it. And I just wanna say, you know, it's not a problem if you've programmed it or if somebody else has programmed it, it doesn't matter, it can all be shifted. But most of us get programmed. We're programmed from in utero, at least I believe that, from in utero and then throughout our life, especially from in utero to about six or seven years old, we're in what's called a hypnagogic trance, means that our brain waves are operating in the kind of brain waves that you get when you're in hypnosis, when you're in that really highly programmable state. 
And so when somebody is trying to get to where they want, but their car or their vehicle has been programmed to a different location. And usually it's the location that your parents want for you or that your school wants for you or that your religion wants for you or that your friends want for you. It's not necessarily what you want for you. And if you don't know that you have been programmed that way or that your vehicle has been pro programmed that way, you're gonna keep getting to this place that you don't wanna be at and thinking, why am I here? I need to be over here. And so part of the, the joy of reprogramming my own subconscious and reprogramming, helping other people reprogram theirs is that it, you all start going in, you're in integrity, you're in wholeness, moving in the direction that you want so that your, your body is moving in the direction you want. It's healthy, it's strong, it's vibrant, it's energized, it's youthful. Your, your hair is moving in the direction you want. It's thicker, it's healthier, it's shinier. This is all, I have an age reversal class. That's why Joe wanted to talk about it. But there's so many myths and beliefs that we're programmed with that regard to age. I also have a, a class called True Mastery University or uh, a course, I would say. But so, but in relationship just to age, just since you brought that up, you know, we're told, oh, when you get to this age, this is going to happen. When you get older, these things decline. When you get older, you know, it's ch chances are you're going to have this kind of disease. When you, um, you know, just by drinking water that's polluted, you're going to probably get cancer. Like there's just so many things that people say that, um, you know, if you listen, you're, you're in trouble. You know? <laughs> You're going to get older. You know, I've, I was always told you're going to get wrinkles. You're going to get fat. You're going to get this and this. It just has never happened. You know, you're going to get cellulite. It just doesn't happen because even as a kid, when I was like 15, I, it's a goofy story, but I ran around the park because I'm, I'm an athlete. And then I came home. And it was a day after Christmas and I was looking for the C's candy. We got a double box of C's candy. And I thought, oh, I have some. You know, I just ran. I should have some C's candy. So I go looking for it and I can't find it. And I said, mom, do you know where the, the chocolate is that we got? And she said, oh, I ate it. I go, what? You ate two, a double box of C's candy? And she said, yeah. I go, mom. I go, you're going to get so fat. And she said, no, I won't. And I said, why not? And she just shrugged and she said, I think thin. And I remember I went outside and I was laying in the sun and I thought, what the, what the, what does she mean? You know? <laughs> and I started to practice or not practice. I started to look into what does that mean? It took me years, but it wasn't just about thinking thin. I then added on thinking youthfully, thinking in a holistic way. There were so many ways that you could apply what she had been talking about that really has made my body stay perpetually. I have the same, my body looks about the same that it looked like when it was 18. My, my doctor says I have the physiology of a 17 years old, year old. My, I had more wrinkles. They've gone away, not through injections or surgery or anything like that, but through things that everybody can do over Zoom. You know, so there's something about what we're taught through, you know, through society, through our culture that can really limit us. And so back to the subconscious, if you have that kind of subconscious programming about get, about aging and you think, oh, I'm at this age, so that means these things are going to start to decline and fall apart, you're going to create that. And if you think, oh, I'm at this age and I'm super young and I'm super healthy, or I'm not even at this age, you know, my body is the age of a 17-year-old, for example, your body will start to reflect that. So my body, even in areas that are typically 
like where you can't make these kind of changes. For example, like for a woman to be juicy, I'm juicier now than I've ever been in my life. It's, it's weird <laughs> you see? to be like juicy, you know, like, sexually oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juicy. I got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> I always needed, I always needed, um, you know, coconut oil or some kind of lubricant. And now I, I don't, and I, and I'm just so juicy. And I like, that's another area where my body has gotten younger than it was even when I was young, you know, even when I was a teenager, I didn't have it like this. Or if I did, I didn't notice it, you know, because who pays attention to that at that age? Maybe some people do, but I don't. Yeah, no, totally. But, <laughs> so you don't think about things like that. So, okay, yeah. this is, I really like this thinking thin idea. And it reminded me of, I'm, I'm trained in a, in a certain kind of uh, system that uses, it's more of a spiritual than, than scientific. And I'm, and I've never done it as a practice, but I do it as a personal sort of hobby and practice. And I know that the creator of that system said something very sad. He ate the worst food and he lived long and healthy. And people would say, how do you do that? And he's like, I just decide to. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Now, I don't agree with necessarily what? eating the worst food because I don't like the taste of it. Um, but tell me right. about, and I'd rather eat chocolate if I was going to, you know, think thin and eat something that I wanted to. But so for for listeners who are here who might want to do that, let's say they do want to, um, when our subconscious is aligned with what we want, what when we have all of these messages coming in from the outside, when we're bombarded with what I'm going to call, you know, a fear-based reaction system and society, and we're getting a large percentage of our messages are, are, are not based in truth, but based in fear. How do we, how do we succeed with something like thinking thin? I'm asking for a friend. Um, no. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> you know, there's something, even as a child, I had this ability to know when people were speaking from fear or from unconsciousness and when people were speaking from truth. Um, in that moment, my mom was speaking from truth, but there were other people that had talked about all sorts of stuff, you know, oh, you, when you get older, you're going to need so much coffee. I don't have any caffeine in my life and I have great energy now. I used to have narcolepsy, which is where you fall asleep 20 times a day. I don't have that anymore. I was told it was incurable. Bull. It's not. There's Everything is curable <laughs> from my perspective anyway, you know, or everything is able to be, to be shifted when you know how to shift. So about thinking thin, part of it is like, I made a decision when I was a teenager. I, I had seen cellulite for the first time on somebody walking past me at the beach. And I asked my girlfriend, she was older, and I said, what is that? And she said, that's called cellulite. I go, what is it? And she said, it happens when you eat potato chips. So um, I just made this decision at that age. I never had potato chips ever since then. But I, and I never got cellulite. But it's not just about that. It's just that I was susceptible when she said that. So even though I could eat potato chips now and still not get cellulite, at the time, she had some authority in my, in my mind. And so I believed that if I ate potato chips, I was going to get that thing. Now I know cellulite, all cellulite is, is we have fascia. Fascia is like the largest 
organ in our body. It's bigger than our skin. And when fascia gets at all tight or tense, it if this is the fascia and then the fat is trying to go through like a chain link fence, that creates cellulite. And it's really just that the fascia is is too tight. It needs to be softened. And then the the fat will just lay smoothly. But that so so I didn't know what fascia was and she didn't know what fascia was. And I don't think anybody knew what fascia was back when I was at that age. But so with thinking thin, so for example, I know that I'm only going to eat what I'm inspired to eat. I'm only going to eat things that are organic most of the time. There's I don't hardly ever buy anything that's not organic. And if somebody brings food over, I make sure it's organic. And I only really go to organic restaurants or restaurants that have things that are organic that I can order. So I eat almost organic. I don't eat anything processed. So I don't eat anything that has, you know, natural flavors, which can have high fructose corn syrup, or they can have all sorts of weird stuff. The ingredients that can go in natural flavors is off the charts. So I don't eat anything processed. I don't eat anything unless I can make it myself. I might not make it. Like I bought this organic uh, fresh whipped cream. Now I can do that. It takes like 10 minutes to do in my little Vitamix. I can just put in some coconut, but I'd have to scrape the coconut out of the coconut shell and then whip it. So maybe it's like 20 minutes altogether. So this is already made, but it's that's the only ingredient. So that to me feels fine because it's just made it simpler, but it's not something that has the chemicals in it. Also, you know, there's, um, I've always wanted organic food since ever since I heard of it, it made sense to me to eat organic food. So I've been eating it for 40 years, organic food. And part of the reason is I remember seeing pictures when they started using not organic food of like piles of butterflies that were dead. Or, and I just remember thinking, well, if it's doing that to the butterfly, what is it? I don't want it to happen to the butterfly and what is it doing to us? And so I just have no attraction to food that is not organic. And especially if the food is regenerative or biodynamic, then I'm even more excited about it. So that's one thing. It doesn't really matter what I eat. It matters the consciousness with which I eat it in. So if I'm, I don't get stressed out anymore. I haven't been stressed out in like 13 or 14 years. But if I was stressed out, I would not eat at that time. A lot of people do emotional eating because they're using the food to soothe themselves instead of knowing how to soothe yourself and then making a choice to eat when you're soothed versus when you're needing to be soothed. And so that's one thing I will never eat if I'm not already in a good place. And then the other thing is chewing your food. This is a, a not a very known fact. If you watch any cooking show, they take two bites, mmm, delicious. And then they swallow it like in two bites. You, you need to chew your food till it's liquefied because this is the first, your, your mouth is the first stage of digestion. And so when you're digesting your food, the, 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 back, the uh, enzymes go, and the bacteria, the enzymes go through, you know, down your esophagus and into your stomach. And they're basically saying, hey, this is what's coming soon. Get ready. And then your stomach knows what to produce to deal with those enzymes so that it knows exactly how to digest it and to process it. And then also it doesn't have to work as hard your stomach and you won't get G-E-R-D, GERD. That's just, that's just exactly the right word for it, GERD. Um, <laughs> but you won't get that because you're gonna chew your food. So your stomach, it'll be liquefied, which then means it's liquefied. It's going now in through your digestive system and all of your organs are going to process it better. Your diet, your intestines are going to process it better. And every single part of your body is going to 
know what's coming next because the the previous you know the mouth tells the stomach the stomach tells the liver the liver tells the gallbladder that tells the spleen tells the pancreas you know so everything starts to get the information before the actual thing comes down so your body's prepared for your food chewing your food it sounds so corny but it's so true chewing your food is one of the best things you can do then i use something that i call blissipline because i never liked bliss discipline i always remember like as a kid oh we're gonna have to discipline you which meant you're gonna get hit right and so i didn't want discipline but blissipline, B-L-I-S-S-I-P-L-I-N-E, blissipline, where you focus on the bliss of something before you do it, makes it really fun. So I create blissipline about everything, including working out. And I just, I just have created a thing throughout my life of, you know, I love working out. I love being strong. I love being fit. I love being healthy. I love being slender. I love being strong. You know, and I love the feeling of, of my muscles growing. I love the feeling of being flexible. I love the feeling of having good balance. I love the feeling of being in good posture. You know, all those things are important to me and they feel really good. And so I love to work out. I do have a little mini tramp and then I have an, a, a workout device that takes 10 minutes a day and it makes your muscles three times stronger. And so I do that. And it's just incredible how much more energy you can have when you start to use discipline before you do something. A lot of people don't like working out, but you got to kind of change that consciousness so that it's fun to work out and so that it's like really exciting. So that's part of, you know, how do you think thin? It's really, yeah. And it's listening to, there's a time if, if you're chewing your food, your brain is going to tell you you're full before it's full. If you're not chewing your food, your brain won't catch up in time to tell you that you're full. And you'll go, oh my God, I shouldn't have eaten that whole pan of brownies. Ugh, now I feel sick, right? You won't do that because if you're actually chewing your food, in order well, to chew your food, you have to be conscious. It's interesting. I mean, I'm really, that relates to, it's funny because of course I've heard, you know, chew your food well. And as a former restaurant, restaurateur, I don't. And <laughs> let's just say, you know, oh, I got to eat. And then, and then, and then of course that forms a habit, right? And the habit is created of, and then also we didn't have enough food as kids. So we'd get food and, you know, wolf it down when we'd have it. And so we, right. we were hungry sometimes. So, so there, so that's a, but what you said, one thing that's really interesting because I teach this a lot, you know, this is part of communications. Nobody, uh, it's called signaling before you change lanes. And in my leadership training, and when I develop leaders, I always guide them on how leaders um, always clue before something's coming. You know, people will come, someone will come to work with me and they'll be like, I totally flopped on this or that or the other thing. This is my former work. I say, well, how did you present it? Well, I went in with this and I'm like, did, was everybody on board already? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> never surprise anybody with anything. There always needs to be hints first. And so that's just... I love how layered the world is because things that work, work in sort of all dimensions, I've noticed. There's that. Another thing you said that I wanted to pick up on, which I thought was beautiful, I I never eat to comfort myself. And I also wanted to comment because I think we haven't gotten here on this podcast, but I think it's important that we talk a little bit about you before you were like this <laughs> and you now, because one of, one of the greatest gifts I have received from reading your book 
I've shared it with many of my clients and I've told them it comes from your book and I've used it with my family and it's going to inspire uh, we'll maybe talk separately because it's going to inspire something I'm writing about in my next book. But I, when you are upset, you just love all over yourself for being upset. And yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. So rather than eat, right. I'd love to hear more. So one day years ago, the before, just to give you the, when you said about what it was like before, I used to have narcolepsy. I used to have chronic pain. My adrenals were completely shot. The doctor said it was the worst adrenals he'd seen in 30 years. I looked older than I was. I felt old. I had no energy. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I had anxiety and panic attacks and I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar and I was told I would kill myself in the next eight years. That was 16 years ago. So it's all gone. And I'd had all this trauma growing up. And so I, so, and all of that is healed now. But what was so interesting is that like when you're talking about before this, before this, in, before the, before 16 years ago, um, or, or, or before 14 years ago, I would make brownies. I don't eat any sugar, grains, or dairy anymore. But at the time, I surely did. And, um, and, I would, you know, I'd make the brownies to go take to an event and they'd never make it to the event. You know, I just eat them the whole time. Or I would buy, um, you know, some ice cream and it was organic ice cream, you know, and it was made at this little creamery and it was really good. And, and then I would say, oh, I'm going to have this for like the whole next week and it'd be gone either by that night or the next night. And, and I just didn't feel good. And one of the things that helped me let go of sugar and grains and dairy, because they all are sugar. Um, they all convert to sugar pretty quickly. But one of the things that helped me is I kept thinking I was, as I got into this place of more and more where my subconscious was getting healed, all those traumas that I had were getting healed because I knew how to do it. I, I had, to, I had been going to doctors and therapists and psychiatrists and I loved them, but, but they weren't helping me. They weren't healed. So it was so fascinating to me is that they were trying to help me have something that they didn't have. And later I realized they cannot transmit something that they don't have themselves. How can they give it to me if they knew the path for me to get well, but they're struggling with their health? If they knew the path, they wouldn't be struggling. And so I realized that. So I ended up stopping all my, all the extras, um, the, the doctors, the psychiatrists, everything like that. I just stopped and this awareness came into me and I started to know how to heal things because I had a, uh, my background was in mind, body science, and then being an actor and, the, and an athlete, and then a meditator for 30 years. And, you know, just all these things kind of created this foundation for me to understand things. And I'd been friends with Deepak Chopra for, at this point, I'm friends with him for um, like 27 years. So this was maybe 18, 15, 15 years I'd been friends with him or something like that. And then Bruce Lipton, I'd been friends with him and I'd stayed and traveled with him and his wife or partner. And so I just had all this scientific stuff that I like, and it all kind of coalesced with my understanding of mind body science and then how to shift it. And so when you talk about eating in a, in a way that's conscious not to get comfort, as I got more and more healed, 
um, you know, everything got so beautiful. I'm seeing, you know, I see the world through the eyes of love. And so it's just like, everything is so stunningly gorgeous that I kept thinking, oh my God, it's, it's so sweet. Like life is so sweet. This person is so sweet. Look at how this tree is so sweet, giving me shade and oxygen, taking in my carbon dioxide. Oh my gosh, there's so much sweetness in the world. And then when I was thinking that for so long, I just kept seeing the sweetness in the way someone looked at me at the grocery store or the kindness of the clerk or the help of the guy in the vegetables section, you know, to show me where this weird vegetable was that I was looking for, whatever it was. There was sweetness. There was so much sweetness. And it was so profound that when I went to a restaurant that had organic, flourless chocolate cake, I, I couldn't eat it. I ordered it. And then I tried to eat it and it was way too heavy compared to the sweetness of you, Jill, and the sweetness of the people who are listening, you know, the sweetness of this world, the sweetness of how everything is so balanced. Like there's, and I don't mean, I'm not talking about politics, but I'm talking about in nature, you know, humans exhale carbon dioxide, trees take in carbon dioxide, trees give us oxygen, we need oxygen, you know, so it's like this this beautiful harmony that's been created that is pervasive throughout. It just keeps happening and happening and happening no matter what we've done in this world. There's still so much of that harmony in nature. And yeah, it could be better. It could be more, but there's still so much that has happened that is working. And so when that started to happen and the sugar fell away and then maybe a year or two later, the grains fell away because they did the same thing that sugar did. They just jacked up my my glucose levels. And I started to, I looked at um, the glycemic index, which, which is an index of how food impacts your blood sugar. And I just started looking up food and I realized that a lot of the food, like let's say potatoes, white potatoes, they are almost as sweet as sugar. And in terms of how your body processes them. So I just started to go, I just started to think about, I love having stable blood sugar. I love my blood sugar being steady. I love being able to fast for 24 hours and not have a dip in my blood sugar or a perceivable dip anyway. I love eating foods that keep me stable. I love eating foods that help my microbiome because the microbiome in the gut is super important. The microbiome in the mouth, the microbiome in the skin, there's microbiome in the vagina. There's so much microbiome that needs to be respected and, <clears throat> and made sure that it's being maintained in the most healthy, beautiful way. I just kept eating in that direction and my body got more energized. I got healthier even. I started to look younger. I felt sensations more acutely in a, in a good way, like pleasurable sensations increased. Um, my taste buds changed and the things that I ate, even water becomes sweet. Even, you know, asparagus has a sweetness to it. And it just, everything started to change and that was part of the programming that I was doing in terms of my subconscious. Each time that I healed something in my body or in my past that was traumatic, and then I reprogrammed what I wanted into my subconscious, things that I wanted like not eating sugar. I had studied nutrition when I was in college and it was evident that sugar didn't serve. There was no benefit. And so I could have probably changed that opinion and eating as much sugar as I want, but I just had, you know, decades of knowing about sugar. So when it released, 
without effort because I thought everyone was so sweet. I just went with it. I just thought, this is so fantastic. What a freedom, you know? And so when your subconscious starts to get aligned, things will happen that you might've had that desire when you were in college, not to eat so much sugar. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone and you don't have to eat it anymore. But I think one of the things that you just mentioned is, you know, not, when you don't eat food to get comfort and you know how to soothe yourself, I think that's something that should be taught in schools. How do you soothe yourself? If somebody hurts your feelings, how do you soothe yourself? If you don't get a good grade, how do you soothe yourself? If somebody's, you know, if you don't get picked for the team, how do you soothe yourself? There's things that kids and everybody, if people knew how to soothe themselves, that's epic. That's like a huge gift to the world. And then when you were talking about negative emotions, one day, um, just like 14 years ago, I got mad about something and I said, oh God, gosh, darn you. Um, whatever the company was that I'd been talking to that were, was charging me this crazy amount of money for something that was stupid to charge me for. I'm no longer with them, but, but I, I heard myself say that and I started laughing and then I heard this voice in my head, this, my spirit say, you're so cute when you're angry like that. And I said, I'm cute. Yeah, you're adorable. I said, what do you mean? And they said, you're adorable. You know, all that you want is wanting to flow right into you, but you're going <clears> to, <throat> you're going to push it away with keeping yourself angry. And I was like, really? And I said, so should I adore my emotions? And they, the voice was like, yes, adore all of your emotions because none of them are bad. And when you can adore your emotions, they don't have any power over you. The only reason people don't do things is because they're afraid of how they're going to feel if they do it. And if you know that no matter what you feel, you're going to be okay because you adore all your emotions, you can do anything. You're unstoppable. Wow. I'll tell you, I put that's beautiful backstory, Karen, and it's it's really touching. We were here to talk about a miracle that happens when your subconscious is aligned with what you want and we let the conversation flow. I think learning from Karen is um, important for anyone who wants to enjoy their existence every day. She's written three books. I mentioned them earlier. I will mention them again. We will have links to Karen in the show notes. Chronic Pleasure, Effortless Enchantment, and Chronic Pleasure in Relationships. These are her three books. Where <laughs> else can our listeners get more, Karen, get learn more about you and uh, from you? Well, I would love, this has been so sweet, Jill. I would love, love, love to give your listeners a link to my books. They can download them for free. And the link is chronicpleasurebook.com, even though all three books are on there. So chronicpleasurebook.com. I have um, two podcasts. One is called Chronic Pleasure and one is called Stories We Love. Stories We Love, I get to interview people who are doing good in the world. And with Chronic Pleasure, I just share things that seem to help people. Like if somebody has a question, I'll answer it on the show. Um, and they're like short, the ones that are stories we love. I can't stop talking to these people because they're so interesting. <laughs> and so it's a really, um, you learn so many things that people are doing that are good in the world. It's a good news show basically. 
Um, and then, you know, I'm on Facebook and you can look at, you can look me up. It's I'm, my name is Karen L O R R E. If you send a friend request, you must send a, a, a message to me first because I'm getting about 700 friend requests a day. So I don't look at all of them. So if you do want to connect with me, send me a message. I do check spam. And so I'll find you eventually. And, um, and then, you know, we can go from there. So, um, but the chronicpleasurebook.com, when you do that, you'll get my email address because it'll email you the link. And um, that's the best, easiest way to Everyone get, needs get hold of me. to read Karen's books. And the link will be in the show notes as well. In case you didn't catch the spelling, just go down and click and get and follow Karen, uh, her two podcasts. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. It's, you're just awesome. So you, Jill, I really appreciate you. And I love everything that you brought up. You know, there's just so much goodness that you do. And so I really appreciate you. And thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody who's listened. Um, really appreciate you too. And you all deserve to be in chronic pleasure and have true mastery of your life and have your subconscious be in alignment with what you want. So it's taking you to where you want to go. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, follow, and come to thinkingvitamins.com where you can sign up to get our newsletter and additional free training. 